0: face the final frontier these are the voyages of the starship enterprise it's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilization to boldly go where no man has gone before
1: greetings salutations and welcome to Retrek. i'm captain jim with me of course sir admiral elliott hi there and Doctor Squee.
0: And birthday suit, Before we start, can I not get through a dragon?
2: Can I not get through a dragon until you give your warning, my friend? Sorry, just, just, just because you know. Well, know I'm people. only thinking about people and health and safety. Well, I'm thinking <laughs> the people who tune in would just literally no one to hear me say dragon. So, drag no, on. no, it's very popular. So it's, it's my dragon birthday suit.
1: There we go. And yes, it was Dr. Squeeze's birthday yesterday oh, as of time of recording. Yeah. Yes. And that is why in the second half of this episode, we are talking about not one, not two, but three episodes of Cheers. Maybe a three-parter. So one story. One story.
2: Yeah, and we're, we're in, in the um, Paramount averse for this, obviously. So we that's are. one link. But of course, this is the three-part to uh, Strange Bedfellows, which features uh Kate Mulgrew.
1: It does indeed. So we're I going think to we talk do see some early that.
2: shades of, of Janeway in there as well, so I'm looking forward to talking about that.
1: Yeah, but before we do that, we're going back in time slightly. Because we did our one-off special episode last week, we wanted to do... In the Pale Moonlight, all as one episode.
0: And, and it did take... In fact, we could have gone on longer than an
2: hour. We could, we could. <laughs> well, it worked um, out very nicely because I wanted to do uh, Cheers for my birthday because I love Cheers and the Star Trek links. So uh, meant we could do pain, Pale Moonlight as a feature length and these these other two things yeah. nice together, I think, yeah.
1: And we, we've jumped back now to talk about Inquisition, which is the <sighs> Dominion War episode that we skipped, but it's... Uh, it's a vital Dominion War episode in that it introduces Section Thirty-One, but in retrospect, it's become a pivotal turning point of the whole Star Trek universe with what Section Thirty-One has gone on to be and the way yeah. it's found its way represented in different shows and pre. In fact, it's yeah. appeared more in prequels than it has in um, than it has. Sequentially, really. because yeah. we had it a little bit I've in Enterprise. Been, we had it in think, Discovery.
0: Like I think justifiably, you can say that Enterprise probably did it better. How it was, uh, not all.
2: No, I'm saying. You say better is the word you're using. Yeah,
1: the I mean, Discovery. You mean?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, those prequels. The pre, the prequels. I did say the prequels. Ah, uh, sorry, I'm, I didn't quite hear that. Yeah, I was going to say cheers. and and, and <laughs> the, they
0: didn't get out. Like I know Discovery was like looking at our technology and you have to improve what you're showing on screen for future technology. But it just jumped a lot from what we saw with section thirty one in DS9 and it and, and then being very different that like everyone knew about section thirty one in I was going to say, I mean,
2: yeah. th- this is far like in our first appearance with Section 31 when it was actually a secret on- organisation. Yeah, like, they, they weren't mean. going, here, have a combat, everyone. Exactly. And yeah, yeah. why you
0: say Enterprise did it better? Because it was still very clandestine. They were only I approaching think... one person uh, to be part of Section 31.
1: It's true. I mean, you can't argue <laughs> with that. I know people have said, oh, well, maybe it went secret again further down the line or whatever but but once it's, it's the out there it's out there that's it people would know about it and i remember the uh, one of the justifications while well, they said well do you remember uh, a secret organization from 200 years ago so well, no not off the top of my head but i've got google
2: so, there are people, there are, are examples in history of things getting purposefully buried by the victors. So, all the of section 31 being yeah. ascendants, then so, being able to manipulate the internet, which i has been suggested during the uh, bell riots that there were certain things, happening you know, really? just an example, but that was before. But this 20%. is in Starfleet
0: and uh, Starfleet hasn't been overturned to have a victor well, come in and alter
2: to Yeah, you and, say that, but like um uh, in the okay, yeah, that's when they go into the future it had been but, and, and there's a lot there's, more there's,
0: records there's, kept and
2: but I'm saying all the, over the years, like for instance in Doctor you've got Torchwood, which deletes any reference to themselves. So like I would believe that section thirty one would have uh, the ability to delete themselves released from Starfleet records and yeah. then it's only kind of secondary records and then I think, a rumour.
0: I think the sort of uh, body count that were killed in Discovery by Section 31, yeah. it'd be very difficult to um, get the families that are going to sort of have, have multiple generations since then to be, keep quiet about it.
2: Ah, uh, Yeah, but then it gets exposed at the time it's at a later time when... The generations, like, it takes about, what, three generations for someone to not really know someone, at least. True. And maybe for them to be forgotten. So it, there's not enough <laughs> generation to play with that if they did do yeah. a resurgence of the secrecy, just, they could do it. I'm just, yeah.
0: I'm, I know that you're throwing out the reasons, and I can yeah. have no problem with the the, re- with the reasons giving, but I still think that Enterprise keeping it very clean this time was better than... Discovery going that everyone
1: knew about them. I do agree with that. Definitely a leap. But anyway, let's let's look at where we first hear of them then. Let's look at this episode. And it's a Bashir episode, which I always enjoy a Bashir episode.
2: Late Bashir Um,
1: episode as well. And yes, this is post, we know he's genetically modified Bashir, so he's instantly cooler.
0: Yeah, like I think from now on, we can just say that it's all good, but sure. every episode of DS9, we are going to do in the Dominion War, it's good, for sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and yeah, <laughs> there, there is a I think I
0: have totally no problem cool. if everyone wants to remind everyone every week, but
2: <laughs> oh no, it's not reminding, it's celebration because we just love this version of him so yeah. much. And and it's like, uh, I think the timing of uh, them doing the genetically engineered, there are episodes before that, probably about a series before where he's pretty good, step you know, he's he's found his feet in the character. But yeah, that's when it really yeah. so I think it just gives them so much to hang off the character when they give them that.
1: It definitely does. Um, So he's going to a medical conference, and I like the little detail that they throw in where Odo knows that it must be to a, a nice beach planet yeah. if you going <laughs> in to in a medical in conference. He
0: names two planets. He go, goes, you have to read Rise Riser. Riser on the second one who says it. He goes, yeah, I am. How did you guess? Well, it's a medical conference. You doctors always go to resort and, planets,
2: and it shows. No matter how far in the future we are, no matter what the status is of uh, Section Thirty-One being secret or being known about, still doctors go on uh, holidays which are basically paid for by drug by, by drug companies.
1: <laughs> yeah, never thought of that. Um, yeah, yeah it's it, it happens the, now. So yeah, it's that's what probably the Ferengi who've paid for it. Um, and this is where it's one of them where you don't get it first time round, but in retrospect, yeah. it's a clue that he wakes up and he's knackered, well, even though it's cleaned off I always, off my, I always night, got that. My- well,
0: the first, the first part is like it's just that little bit where they put O'Brien in, which is really clever. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, him having an injury with his, his kayaking. I can't stay away. We know O'Brien does this, he just cuts his shoulder regular. This is something that happens regularly. So it's not sort of like you're thinking, oh, that's a bit jarring and out of place. This is a normal. We've no, seen this a lot of times in Star Trek. O'Brien has injured his shoulder kayaking.
2: So you don't think
0: of anything, but it's a nice little clue for later on in the episode. Well,
2: there there, there are two things with this. One is, like, I must admit, and and I've been honest, like, there's several times, even after we've rewatched it, I've missed something, which was kind of the thing. But this is one which I always did get. There was something about the way he says about him being tired that always clicked with me. And we've we've had transporter sort of, um, Uh, oh, sorry, not transporter, sorry, holodeck surprise ones before. So this was one which I I believe I got uh, first time. If not I think like, ooh, I, you
1: were battle. you were thinking uh, it was a holodeck from the start well, then I was it's thinking it's when like, he wakes uh, up
2: in the morning it's always a dead giveaway that they're tired of and I know they throw well, in the fact that he was kicked with O'Brien's accent. It wasn't so. it wasn't actually
0: the fact he was tired that I always thought was funny. Because it's not funny. long since it's become gen- with that genetically enhanced and super intelligent. It was the fact that he was doubting the computer straight away when it said what time it was Mm. And he goes. Clarify the time. Are you sure? <laughs> so sort of well, like, so like his internal though, yeah. clock. Even though he's I, asleep, his internal clock it still knows where it exactly, should be. And it's yeah. not yeah. like no, there's been the time. There's something wrong here.
2: So to me, it was both of those things together. Yeah. Like basically, the time jump. entire yeah. it's, it's 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 like he is signalling, and it's really clear in the dialogue. And there's only so much you can do to sort of finesse it in there. But yeah. it was just just that little something was just like that. That doesn't seem right and with the kayaking thing I appreciate they've got to give them something which uh, section one picked up on my only slight problem with this is the fact that it's like surely the first thing they're looking at right until the last minute is his medical records because that's what
1: yeah you think doing. And they'd, be it, I, like, I wish they'd, they'd know, else they know O'Brien's his best mate so it's like you kind of want to know what's going on with his best mate at the moment because they I, might talk about something that you've not banked on
2: the only thing which I would have, uh I think it would have been a little bit better. But again, this is kind of like splitting heads. But it's like if O'Brien said something about the holodeck thing that they were going to go to and they had to cancel. And then that's what, you, you know, something so minor that Section 31 mm. wouldn't have picked up on. A- an injury which he was just seeing the last patient he saw. I I, I feel like they would have picked up on that. But yeah, again, yeah. A great episode. I'll forgive him any little thing like that. <clears throat> yeah, but it's I like. Thought-
0: I don't mind that they didn't, that section 31 missed that, because that was the the sort of, like, definitive clue that gave it away in the end. And you need yeah. something. And, and for it to work as a story on TV, you need something that us as an audience can relate to, of why he was able to pick up on it and not be something yeah, you... minuscule and tiny. Little. Well, I
2: mean, if you'd, if you'd said it's like they had a moment where they go, it's like, I've got to cancel the holodeck thing next week. Oh, God, I was really looking forward to that. But anyway... Yeah, we'll we'll cancel it. We'll we'll talk about it when you get back from your trip you're going on. Like that, just enough dialogue for us to remember it, and then at the end, it's like, uh, "Oh, uh, by the way, O'Brien, I'm really looking forward to our holodeck trip next week." And yeah, you know, it's the same thing. It's just done with yeah. something which isn't. Again, I just feel well, like it, we're it, the well have Well, he did it with uh,
0: his injury, didn't he? He goes that you've injured it doing this, and it's something that the would know that him and O'Brien do regular is when he does that with O'Brien. Yeah, he's yeah.
2: patient. It's, it's in his, like, if it was in a corridor, there's less likely he was, like, he might not have been personally yeah. bugged, but he was bugged in the thick. I you think know, if, it,
1: if it had been something that's entirely built on dialogue, like you suggest there, it's harder to give Bashir an in to challenge it, because, because it's yeah. the injury, it's when he touches oh, no, his no. shoulder that it tips him off.
2: But, but yeah, you just make something else being what he tips him off, and he goes, Yeah, but like, I, yeah. Use the question. I just, yeah, there's ways it's, around
0: it. it's like I said, but I think as an audience, like we're, we're massive Star Trek buffs, so we get the little things, but I think you've got to look at other people watching, you need something that is there that the everyday man watching it can relate to very easily. I think little bits, of, com- little I bits think. of conversation don't always work, and you've got to, and you see it in shows, and they've got to do flashbacks of how it happened and
2: no but it's like in the same way as you've just had in dialogue like how he did the shoulder like you just do that but with a holiday like it's i don't think you have to like i don't think the everyman wouldn't pick on that anymore i don't know i just seems like i just think
0: i just think that. i think there being something physical works i i I
2: think plotting like they would have got that's all
1: anyway so Sloan turns up then, and initially Sloan is saying he's from internal affairs, uh, which I don't think we've ever had Starfleet internal affairs before, but um, um, and indeed we don't here, as it turns out, but uh, apparently it is a thing.
0: Like it does make sense that there's some sort of internal affairs,
1: it makes sense, yeah. Um, I think we've had where I think we have had things where
0: cats we've
1: yeah, we've had admirals the turn up and yeah. look into things. So I'm just not sure we've had the phrase before, but... Yeah, I, yeah, I like is... the fact
2: that the, the, the thing which also, for me, makes Sloane a um, uh, more rounded kind of, like, bad guy is that, as opposed to going, it's like, oh, internal affairs wouldn't know a hole in the, in, in the ship. Like, you know, he doesn't go, he goes... Yes, they're they're very good. At their work, but not on our level. Like it's it's more smarmy. Like him, yeah. him yeah. saying they're good, but we're better is almost more insidious somehow. Which he says at the end, I like that like yes. little touch.
1: And basically, he confines everyone to quarters, and we get this thing of the replicators not working, and like the way he, he says, "Oh, don't, you know, I know, I know you wanting to go, you come from, but don't worry, we've already told them you're not going." And it's like. That's not what I was worried about. I was worried about not getting my son and sand. And yeah. It, it's, I I'm not bothered about, about whether you told him or not. I was
0: looking forward to repeating the colladas.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, this is... We start to get them sort of questioning him. And I like... How they do draw on all these things from Bashir's past, these episodes that we've seen, a lot of them, of which we've covered on the podcast, like um, firstly he talks about his imprisonment with the Dominion. And he doesn't start sort of overtly hinting at this point that he disbelieves it or he thinks there was anything else going on. But it's perfectly right. I, do, I don't
0: think at any point that Sloan actually thought he was guilty of anything is actually mm. making sure all through this that he's not guilty of anything. Yeah,
2: I, I would say this. This I, is
0: more like a proof of innocence because he, he's trying he's trying to recruit him and he sort of recognised him as some, someone they want to recruit. So this whole thing is how do you perform under stress? I Can you hide things? Well, he does oh, say, though, are end- you actually compromised anyway? He needs to know
2: well, that's the thing, he does say at the end, so he's not, I don't think he put complete, I, I take him at, at his word at the end, like he says, it's like, uh, I just want to confirm what I already suspect that you are innocent, but I had to check. He basically does say something along the lines mm-hmm. of, I had to make sure that your story uh, uh, held weight, I had to like really test you. Probably is a nice side effect, as you say, it's kind of gets to test him as well. Uh, yeah, I, I there was only, was was only one break treatments. in the questioning. There's only one break in the questioning or in the um, set of the episode, which sort of doesn't work with it being holodeck is the fact that there's one scene with Cisco talking to one of the uh, other inquisitors where it doesn't involve Bashir. And it's like,
1: ah, never noticed that. only
2: one, only one. Cause I was looking out for that. Cause that's the usual giveaway. It's when uh, Bashir, this is a bit later. I just want to say it while I remembered it. Yeah, I'm uh, to Bashir's exactly. in, in the, um, in the hold. And then in another room, it does cut away from him. And it's got, ah, and saying, I want my officer gosh. back basically is what he says. And, and it's the only scene other than that flawless. And yeah, it's usually those little gifts which I I can't help but after I know I look out for them. It's it's yeah. I don't want to trip them up. It's just it's the way my brain just works. It's yeah, like, and, and that's. Oh,
1: the, it, you know it, what Cisco like, would say about that? He'd say that's some sloppy work. Some damn sloppy work. <laughs> I'll
0: have to go back and check that because I thought it was really because one of the things I thought is really clever is that there's no. Actual interactions of with people without Bashir being there. Oh, nah, well, no, he's the go. only one. And yeah. you could
2: argue that maybe he was right at the end of his show. Being Camry certainly not in there, yeah. and it looks like they're outside the room. So yeah, yeah.
0: because normally you'd have if the if if it was a genuine episode where someone was this was happening to one of Cisco's officers, you'd cut to him probably in his in his ready room talking to Dax about how yeah, that, exactly. that I'm really upset and annoyed about this and I'm worried, but I'm standing by him and I'm a right to doubt him or anything. You did them sort of things it, off it's in the, just,
2: the The only thing is just before uh, Cisco starts to go, Well, I believe you, Julian, but I, I believe you believe what you're saying. But just before that, when he starts to turn from him, there's one scene. Just one, though, as I say. I, I Ooh, think that's great.
1: That's something for great. me to watch for on the next time I watch it, yeah. then. Uh, Another thing he asks about is the genetically augmented people, which we have covered. And it's good choices, the things that he's pulling out. Like, I don't think they had this planned back, you know, back when they seeded all these things. But what's great about it is
2: somebody's gone back
1: and looked at Bashir episodes and gone, what what threads can we pull out of these to tell this new story? And I love that.
2: You, you could definitely do it with any of, of these. <laughs> you could definitely do it with any of the characters. I think you could provide a case, but it's—I—I I, I think it works very nicely with uh, Bashir and, and where you're taking Section One in the future. So I'm, I'm guessing the episode was always written as him.
0: I, I yeah. think wanting to—if you're wanting to recruit someone, I think the obvious choice is Bashir because of his genetic enhancements.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a is.
2: lovely bit of pacing as well because it's like, yeah, you do get this first scene where Sloane—if you look for it—because we know what's going to happen. You can see where he's being, he's kind of trying to smarm him into making a mistake. But yeah. in this yeah. first interaction, it's like, oh, just one question. Like the only thing is at the end, he asks a slightly prickled question. And Bashir goes next one, he goes, I thought it would be something simple like that. But yeah. you know, he's doing yeah. Columbo at that stage. Like, oh, just <laughs> but, one more thing.
0: But he also plays it, like the first one, first time he meets him, he's like really nice and pleasant with him. And, oh, yeah. yeah. And it's a a simple misunderstanding, nothing major. And then Bechet goes about the food and he goes, I was looking forward to this. And he says exactly what he wants to eat and drink, which plays into later when he brings like the holodeck of Wyoning of what he's given.
2: Oh, remind (laughs) me when we get to that scene, I've got some comments on their scones. But Well, that's a different matter. We'll get there, we'll get
0: there. We've, we've covered yeah, how bad Star Trek is at food, but...
2: Oh, well, no, if you want me to go for it now. Okay, fine, fine. But, right, the Scots, but, they uh, look like the American version of business. They're too yeah, large. That's never yeah, going to be liked. The yeah. jam looks soaked into the bottom. But you don't leave the jam so it's no, going to soak into it. You want a friend on friend, friend. Where's, where's the clock cream? Where's the clock cream? That's why I'm asking you, Star no, Trek. How the hell do you think you're playing no, it? it's no, a British man. He's not going to settle for that. I have no problem missing out the clotted cream, oh, but they are oh,
0: not scones, and jam is served separately. And where is what, butter? What
2: the hell? No clot. Oh, butter. I mean, yeah. See, okay. We do like, clot-, <laughs> clot cream is the original. Like I, lo- I've, yeah. I've had cream before. That's fine. It's acceptable. But at cream least you is call badmium. them scones.
0: You got it right. What the call? That's my opinion.
2: You eat them, <laughs> then they're scone. That's the way you remember it. Scone. Yeah.
0: But what I was obsessed uh, going back I feel is better. I what feel I better. I like is... He said, and, and Sloan goes, yeah, we took the replicators offline. And I don't know if this is a fault in his programme, why he didn't make the food in his cup of an excuse. You know, when Bashir asked it originally, there's been a computer fault in the programme.
1: I think it's just to get him hungry and but more yeah, frustrated.
0: What I, but what I like is how he plays with him and really nice and it and then sends him, yeah, goch. Yeah, He sends him wolf's meal.
1: <laughs> and also, I have to, gives to call directions out
2: directions on the front to where Wolf's bedroom is. Yeah,
1: that's a bit sexy. I have to call out a little bit of hammy acting from Alexander Siddig, where he goes, "Thank God, I'm famished." When they bring him <laughs> the
0: yeah. But he shouldn't but... Be because he's only been asleep for an hour.
1: This is and true. He's, it's not actually
0: gone as long as he
2: as has been. Ah, stressful him. situation? Yeah, burning like
1: calories. Him. And then they plant the seed of doubt by having O'Brien secretly communicate with him. And -hmm. then this is where Sloane just goes all out, you're a spy, and they (laughs) <laughs> they take him out in as cisco says in irons yeah. and match yeah. him across i, the I mentioned
2: i mentioned that this is the uh you know the later bashir and this is where it kind of really plays in because i love the fact that he's going it's like oh was i alone in solitary confinement let me think yes i was <laughs> like that's right. sarcasm <laughs> earlier bashir would never have done that like i love the it's it gets a little bit cocky in a really lovely way yeah on, and it's just so nice um and then but yes it's, it, uh... it's,
0: it's clever what he does with o'brien going back to that when he calls him because this mm-hmm. is slow again seeing if he'll say something to o'brien course it is
1: yeah he's giving him all, all these that. chances be the in that. have we done something
0: have you done something how have, have you done something with o'brien have you got something going on and like yeah. O'Brien's here, he said, all he was asking me was about you and you're sort of like well why which is what he should be doing if he's innocent and not done anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: And, and anyone
2: else doing that would would raise suspicion, but O'Brien's the one who would do that. He's the one who'd yeah. be looking after his friend, and, and he's also the technical know-how.
0: Exactly, he'd yeah, have the technical know-how to hook into through the comms, even if they have been taken offline. Yeah,
2: yeah and
1: it, it's this thing—it's led. It's there to give him all these opportunities. Like the first thing is they're going to more or less ask him outright, "Will he just confess to it?" Yeah no okay so will he confess to his friend no he won't do that right will he confess if we do it in the format of a trial Um, no um,
0: will he confess that he's done
2: something to his captain
1: (laughs) yeah exactly so they they keep giving him these other chances
2: even the slow roll of how i I was very quickly gonna say actually funny enough like even the slow roll of like cisco kind of starting to believe it he like doesn't believe it then he goes, well, I believe you, believe it. Then he just outright thinks he's... Tra- it's, again, it's that pacing of, like, yeah. he do it yeah. gradually. And within a 45-minute uh, episode of TV, that's not easy to do. There's quite a talent.
1: It's very well paced, is the episode. Mm. And they pick a good one to to use as the sort of example that catches cisco out where it's like oh what about when he said that everyone should surrender what did you think about that cisco and we know that cisco was not impressed with this recommendation when it when it came through and it's very sloan's recreation of cisco is very good because you can see he's like i want to defend my officer but yeah shit good point i did not like that
2: also I mean it's like it's it's very well it was always well uh done the whole thing of uh, uh, Bashir and when he does caught out being genetically engineered you've got the plausible uh thing of the fact that they don't have this happening all the time this has never happened in Southie, so mm-hmm. the solution which his dad come up with it makes sense that they went for it because they're just figuring it out themselves so like punishing the person who actually did it as opposed to the person who was genetically engineered is the right thing to do by selfly so that was really nicely done but now it's great that you get to sort of deal with a bit of fallout because it's like even though it's not really happening cisco says like yeah you're damn right you should have been honest <laughs> from the beginning and but Bashir gets to yeah. like fess up to his part of it. Like it wasn't his fault that it him, but it was his fault for coming oh, up all these years when he had the option of not. And it's nice. We get to do that because it would have been, it would have detracted from the other episode at its pace, but it works nicely mm-hmm. here. So they kind of got their cake and ate it too with this as well. Yeah,
1: I do think of this one as very much like a companion piece to Dr. Bashir, I presume, um, where you find out about the augmentations, they they are two pivotal Bashir episodes, and
2: oh, you you could do come... the right to Bashir with these two in statistical probabilities.
1: Yeah, and the, yeah, they come at the back end of season five, the back end of season six. Yeah, and they do the between this one and Doctor Bashir, I presume it leaves us with almost a completely different character to what we had before, um, but one that is much more fascinating to watch, particularly as we get towards the end game of the story and of the season. It gives him a much, rather than just being the doctor who treats the wounded in the war, it, the section 31 thing gives him something to do in the war that he might not have had otherwise.
2: And I also think uh, part of that journey is statistical probabilities because it like mm-hmm. uh, gives him the consequence. What could have gone wrong? Like, uh, why, yes, you've got the super intelligence, but maybe you need to ground it with a bit of humanity. Like it's, it's all part of his growth as being openly a um, a genius yeah. is to realize the limitations on that and that even a genius uh, has to have a bit of humility and not absolutely, yeah, yeah not just go for and to go for the Federation <laughs> for a generation. So then
1: the next stage of them trying to break him is okay, let's see. If we put him in the scenario where he's told that he is by the enemy, Ugh. will that get him to to confess well, to it? Well, this inf-
0: this is Go very on. clever again because it goes back to uh, statistical probabilities. Where uh, Bashir was the one who said we should surrender, we should, and all that. Yeah, stuff, going to win, and he plays on that that he. You're not a traitor, but you saw that you couldn't win, and that's why you
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's why yeah. you defected sort of thing. And yeah, it's very good. And it's just great to have Jeffrey Coombs as wayoon present in any episode. kind of scene he
2: loves as well. But, like yeah. he gets to be a bit cleverer, uh, clever for the room and you know, think he's so smart and everything. And yeah, yeah. it's perfect. But you...
0: and it's like that thing though with the food, and it is it's shocking of the scones.
2: Oh, it's it's bad. It's, it's bad. paramount. Really
0: so... needs paramount. I'm not being funny, but surely they could afford somebody on the in the cooking brigade, because they'll have the catering crew who knows what food is. You think? And, and we let's... found out. We found out in the history of Star Trek. We've now found out they don't know what a normal is yeah. They don't know a pizza takes a matter of minutes to cook and not hours. They don't know what a
2: scone is or how to serve a scone. How to separate your jam? Just put it in a bloody bowl. It's it's, it's, not it's, it's is it? It, it, I mean, it's like look. And you do want you don't want it lathered with jam, but you don't want it soaked in jam. There's well, a that's, why
0: you, that's why you serve it in a bowl because then you can form yeah. what you want, personal taste. Exactly. So if and,
1: you get and, I forget you have your new tea service. And, I have no good.
0: problem. You wanting clotted cream? I I don't mind cream on a scone, but Let's I like my it. butter. But I like my butter on first. Okay.
2: I do like I it, don't... But, but whichever way I like it buttered. So you should have all three accompaniments. Oh, I'm just saying, if they didn't have the butter, I, and this isn't just like my preference. I mean, I grew up having it with cream. Then I tried it with clotted cream, and I've it with the sin. But I'm just saying, the classic scone was with jam and clotted. That was the yeah. origin. Like beyond our personal taste, that is the classic uh, scone but, setup.
0: But the serve separately, not just yeah. all thrown on.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Unless the doctor's put. Pro- like, if the doctor programmed his own personal replicator in his room, that's how he likes his breakfast served. Not a problem. But somebody else serving it to him should serve it properly.
2: Although, by that argument, he has been served it by them before, they've said. But yeah, he is an Englishman. He would never have made like such that. a crime. As you see, that. He, and again, should have, he should have pulled that straight away and gone, that's not
0: scones and jam. Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, in America, they do, like, they don't, to, like they have scones as a British reference, basically. Well, they call they, it they biscuits, more commonly have so, something called biscuits, which is different, and that's what
0: it's very simple. It's a very similar recipe. Biscuits are very similar to scones, it's,
2: it's bigger and a little harder, isn't it? On the outside, it's, or, like, uh, it's a, a
0: bit more, um, it, it, it's a bit less. A sweet. Bit well, you can have safely scones, so but the, the base recipe of how they make it is very similar. But yeah. they get, they then put this sausage white
2: gravy on it. And they um, make it about that big, which is, again, yeah. it's, it's, I'm not insulting you their product. It's just with not it, all. Like
1: they they yeah. serve it almost like when you used to go to restaurants and you'd just get bread to be fair, and compliment, to be compliment. Some restaurants just have biscuits. Some to be biscuits. fair, the
0: scum that he was served looked more like a cobbler.
2: I think what they've done is they've looked at the recipe and gone, oh, it's basically a biscuit. So we'll just get some biscuits from catering.
0: Yeah, it looked more like, a. to be fair, now I think about it, it looked more like a cobbler.
1: Well, I think, Elliot, you should, you should get on Twitter or X or whatever it is. And you could volunteer to be the British food consultant for Paramount.
0: Well, a food consultant, because they haven't, obviously they haven't got any sort of food consultant. No, this is true.
2: <laughs> and we can give, like, uh, differing advice based on if it's from the north of England or the south. We can, we've yeah. got it covered.
1: And I do, I do enjoy the way Weyun tries to win Bashir over us. It's like, oh, we've had this conversation so many Every times. Time. Uh, and <laughs> Yeah, it's good. And, and it is just setting it up as... The idea is that maybe he will just go, Oh, you're right, we have. And, um, but obviously he's not a spy, so he doesn't. Well, no,
0: he's never, he, he hasn't been there and he's going, No, th- this hasn't ever happened. And you can see that Mashir is starting to doubt that. And he does, assess says it straight to Wyoon and he goes, Why are you and Sloan trying to convince me of the same
1: thing? Yeah, this is it. And, like, this is where they just kind of go, ah, well, we've kind of fired all of his shots. Let's just go balls to the wall here. And they have him get get rescued. But then it's just everyone going, no, listen, you tell us you're a traitor. Come on, stop lying. What are you doing? Yeah,
0: why have you done it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And he's he's
1: right, like, even without,
0: like, there's other tells, but, so, like, even without when he touches uh, O'Brien's shoulder and he gets it straight away, that... Cisco is the
2: other main giveaway
0: but as well it does because yeah. Cisco would at least listen to me
2: that's yeah. it yeah and its yeah can and it's least, so true we, 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 let me say
0: what I have to say it wouldn't just go you a traitor.
2: Yeah, they this never is, have this the, the crew turning on them like that. It was like that. No. If you haven't got it already, that's the bit where the audience, yeah. any remaining audience, I think, gets well. It.
0: This is yeah. not like the end of it, in it, in the throwing everything that yeah. this is where the walls come tumbling down. So you have O'Brien, you have how the crew's carrying on around him, you have Cisco. But yeah. there's like, and that, like, it does have the verbal things because of Cisco, but I do, I still do like. It has the bit of physicality with O'Brien that he should be injured, and that's how he knows that it's he has something that he can say definitively. That, right, I could be wrong about the characteristics, I could be wrong about their emotions, I could be wrong about how they're going to act in this situation, but I am not wrong about somebody's physical well being.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's a good point. Ties it back to him being a doctor, so I've treated that injury, I know exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, know this injury never thought of it in end. them terms before but I like I that mean, I, yeah. I think
2: a medical solution is definitely good I mean um, I, I do also like when he the, the, then the whole deck simulation ends well, and yeah. it's when Sloan's there in front of him and he says uh, this is another thing why I think it's section 31 just be able to press and delete any uh, any reference because when he goes it's like well, I will of course <laughs> put in a uh, a complaint to Starfleet. He's like, yeah, good luck then. He's he's yeah, 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 because yeah. he knows he's bought off the the head of Starfleet. He like head of Starfleet. I think at least, even Section Thirty One knows enough that Starfleet is going to hear some traces over the years. So yeah. the only way to assure your secrecy well, is to basically have the president always a bit in your pocket. Yeah, so I think pre- that's part of it. President- but I think it's also that he knows that he can just leave any trace, probably through the president. There's, Just deleting any trace of section.
0: There's obviously the president, vice president, and a handful of admirals have to be fully aware of section 31 for them, for them to be able to operate autonomously. Well, yeah. you need the people, you need a certain level of people in this in the institution to control that it doesn't come out. Well, there's what a, I'm
2: saying is, I, I think it's the present I think it's the head of staff fleet security, maybe a couple of animals' tops. But everyone else, it's just like if you hear the word section thirty-one, you tell us it's a it's a um uh classified thing, so we can't talk to you about it, but that's it. As soon as you hear it, you tell us we'll take care of it. Like yeah. I, I think it's even more and probably just section thirty one just going well, under the guise of being security to to take well, care of it. Well, it's like uh, our sister says
0: at the end he goes to try to find out and there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, I went through my, all my top contacts, and no one has heard a thing about it. And order but Odo says it perfectly. He goes, "Well, it makes perfect sense that yeah. the has something. The Cardassians have the obsidian order. The, the Romulans have the Telchia. And all that. It makes perfect sense that you'd have a secret
2: organization." And wonderfully wrapped up, ready for the next time they appear with Cisco, yeah. saying it's like, "Yeah, next time they come, yeah,
1: recruited." It's a good hook for a sequel, isn't it? Well, Um, we get several sequels.
2: We do get a mini, which...
0: Oh, what was the storyline that we never really looked at that we talked about last time that they didn't follow? I can't remember what it was. Oh,
1: the alphas and the gammas. Oh, the alphas and uh, and the gammas.
0: And that from uh, One Little Shit, they didn't do that. But they do take the time to actually... Do this story with Section Thirty-One. This does have oh, a start, yeah. a middle, but, and a conclusion. But this
2: one, I think, it's easier to weave in without kind of going takes, too fast because you yeah. just have them popping up where oh, you want them to. Well, it the Izemadara are always present, so it's like well, if you're going to include that, you have to put it in there every episode, and that's a bit well, intrusive. Well, the Section
0: Thirty-One story is really clever because you can use a lot of existing sets, so you've got low-budget filler episodes that I'll don't even, have to be that don't have to be part of the main story. Some of them do tie into the main story, but they don't have to. That you've opened something, that you've got this great little side story that you can put your fillers in for your filler episodes.
2: I'll even add to you that uh, it's even makes it more plausible because I did, did to begin with, like, for, for years, I was thinking, it's like, well, why was Section 31 never... Come, no one ever thought of catching them before, but... The reason why it works perfectly is like it's wartime. Like they're going to be stretched in. Even Section Thirty-One are going to be like they're perhaps going to have to work quicker than they usually would. And I yeah. think that lad Cisco, which is like, of course, he's a particularly uh, clever uh, tactician and uh, Starfleet officer. So I think he's the right one to do it. But it would be foolish to think that no other Starfleet captain no. could have done this before. Yeah. But maybe the war allows him to, to and, get away with it because yeah. it's no like, be
0: distracted. It's like there's obviously the ahead with tech. Ahead with technology because, like, they scan the doctor's room, they go, there's no trace of any transporter activity or anything there, yeah. and mm. it's like there's no nothing at all, there's no trace of ships coming or going, there's no warp um, pictures, so they're obviously ahead with cloaking technology, and
2: but I and bet everyone bits. else to try to get in, and admittedly again, we can add in the fact that Bashir's is uh, genetically engineered, so he's he's super intelligent, but you can imagine like a lot of other people tried to get inducted by uh, Section 31 and the guys have basically taken them down and they died quick. And they were yeah, never uh, like nice. any record of well, them, and their
0: family never heard It's of just again. come to me. I've got this theory about the transporter technology, that's Section oh, 31, and why there's no sh- trace of a ship that did it. And, and it goes right back to the first uh, time we see the Dominion uh in DS9 when she transports him from like oh, yeah. nowhere. And I wonder if they've captured it from a
1: Dominion ship. Oh, it could well have done, yeah. You know that, I like uh, that.
0: You know, that uh, ship that they had and Cisco wrecked afterwards.
1: Yeah, and they don't know. Yes, it could They're, well be. Hey?
0: They've retro-ed, retroed it from that, that they've got Dominion air uh, transporter technology, but they haven't yeah. released it to the rest of the Federation or anyone
1: else in Alpha Quadrant. Okay. I'll go with that. I like yeah. that.
2: That's just yeah. come
1: to me. <laughs> well, so that's the introduction to Section 31. We'll catch up with them again further yeah. down the Dominion War, maybe. Possibly they yeah. don't
0: exist. <laughs> we might have been making that entire episode up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was but, only hearsay.
2: But if they did exist, they're not handing out com badges, which I think is a plus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not anymore
2: yeah that's so yeah,
1: last century they've learned how to
0: hide themselves don't a com badge that says in such
2: a yeah we've done everything to hide ourselves we never took the name if anyone mentions <laughs> that we, we uh, delete all records we're wearing our nice new com badges i can't see the problem here mm.
1: <laughs> so dr Squee, tell us about cheers then
2: oh yeah i mean there are so many like uh we've all seen the meme out there where it shows uh starfleet uh, sorry star trek actors uh both in star trek and then in cheers and it's like cheers is a holodeck it says on it uh there are so many great examples of crossovers and i thought for my birthday it would be fun to do this one this is a three-parter so it basically makes up an hour of tv much like an episode of star trek so it fit quite nicely and mm-hmm. it's kate mulgrew in strange bedfellows where uh Sam and Diane, uh, as they quite often are, are on a breakup at the moment. Um, this politician, pa- played by Kate Mulgrew, comes in, and um, and uh, Sam goes a wooing, and they start a relationship. So yeah,
1: and this is this is it. The season four
2: finale, I want to say. Yeah, it's season four going to season five. So so these three episodes are the end of of uh, season four. There's a kind of fun little cliffhanger. Uh, and what you will notice also is when you go through these episodes and they do this a similar thing when they go into the next series, a lot of the time Cheers will avoid doing a previously on by incorporating it into the plot. So the cold open, you'll notice like Woody is doing a letter to home or something and he might yeah. Might like, yeah oh, this is what happened this week. You can have them having a conversation. And they are really good at hiding it in dialogue. They are so good at exposition in Cheers. And you just throw in a few jokes from Norm, and you just don't even notice they've just told you everything that happened in part one without going to a recap.
1: Yeah, I noticed that a bit with Woody. I thought that was quite clever. And I remember as a kid watching Cheers, and this might have been like my first real understanding of how actors and characters are different um, because I found it really fascinating that the character was called Woody and the actor was called Woody.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just remember like the three or four TV shows, which kind of like, um, I think I can, I can take, I can give them some responsibility for my sense of humor, for my kind of outlook on things. Doctor Who and Star Trek being the chief two, but very, very closely after Cheers. Like I learned sarcasm, and like it felt like this really warm family environment. Even though they took the piss, it was kind of all very friendly. Uh, and Red Dwarf is is in the mix as well. Like yeah, these kind of the shows which kind of made. Like, what I look for in my personality through these kind of characters. Um, so, yeah, the, it had to be uh, Cheers for this, like, cool crossover action. Uh, I
1: remember Cheers being on, like, one of them that was on at, like, 6 o'clock on Channel 4 or something.
2: I, I, wonder, I remember the original one, which was more eight thirty nine o'clock on a Friday night. Well, it was prime time. It.
0: Well, yeah. I, w- I watched it first time round in the 80s, 90s. 80. Uh, so... Right, ran right from eighty three to ninety
2: four. Yeah, that sounds about right. And it uh, was, yeah, it was, it was on Friday nights. It was, it was a prime time did- show. I thought you were a lot younger than me, sweet. So I didn't watch it first time round. <laughs> oh, I like—I mean, probably I shouldn't have been. I was a kid at the time. Like as yeah. I say, this influenced my sense of humor in a lot of ways. Like that. Yeah. um I always loved the quick witness of, of uh, Norm. Always stuck in my mind. And even though he was a bigger guy, which I, when I was very young, I was kind of small. But then um, I became quite young age and i think it's kind of like felt appealing that it's like even though he was a larger guy everyone loved him everyone appreciated it. everyone thought it was so funny and so you know it's so that kind of really appealed to my uh, sense of humor and i no, think the it- fact that my parents uh uh they worked kind of like uh endless hours in the shop and everything and then they go out to kind of functions in the evening sometimes there uh, because they're on councils and stuff so if it was me and my brothers about i gotta watch cheers and all sorts of shit i probably <laughs> shouldn't have been at the time and i don't think there was as much of a worry about that sort of yeah. thing yeah then maybe they should have been but i remember watching horror movies when i was like five because my brother's I don't know, Jane, them, probably jane's a bit first, older
0: jane's first time round was on a late night primetime slot on channel four i mean probably it was, the big, it was one of the first big american sitcoms that channel four bought
2: yeah i mean probably original air uh, like it was that and roseanne were two huge ones about the same era
1: yeah i like I remember it being repeated in the tea time slot on weekdays. you probably
0: watched this more than me because you've watched it bits when you were young. And then you've watched lots of reruns and I've not watched it as much on reruns. Yeah,
2: I mean... Um, uh,
0: I'll be honest, I tried to get into it when I got Paramount Plus and I couldn't get back into it.
2: I mean, I've got to say, original run probably the era which I remember first of all was more Becky and Woody, like a bit later on, like five series in, and I probably caught most of the Diane ones and Coach, like on yeah. reruns. Certainly Coach. To be honest, I I wasn't aware of Coach. Like for years, I watched watched the Missouri coming on TV, just caught reruns. Then I was like, suddenly we saw an episode with Coach. I was like, who's that guy? It's like pre. It's like an older Woody. What's going on here? And of course, he was the first one. The original. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah like I remember the last episode <laughs> yeah. being on, and it being a big deal. So that must have been the first time the last episode was shown, Um because that stuck in my Would mind.
0: When did it run? Eleven seasons. Cheers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be ninety four. Ninety four. So yeah, I'll be in, what thirteen. So yeah, yeah. that sounds like. It must have been the the first time it was shown that I remember watching it. And yeah, it, I remember it being a big thing, but I only knew Cheers a little bit then from the reruns. And like Squeeze yeah. says, it was when it was Woody and when it was Rebecca as the main like, ones.
0: I, I, I honestly found it really hard to get back into it when I tried to re watch it. I found it dated. And um, I prefer leaving it. As my fond memories of it than trying to yeah. just watch it and not enjoying it like I did, and I, I did, I've watched these three episodes, but they don't do it for me like they do it for you.
2: Yeah, I, I just love the the fact that uh, the stuff you've seen. This like if we can get to this three parter, yeah, yeah. Um, uh Straight from the get go, I feel like because you got yeah. So basically, it's just um, a guy comes in off the street, goes like, uh, and. Again, we've got to look at the guest stars as well. It was always a huge draw for kind of guest stars there and in there. So the guy who comes in off the street, I believe, was in Ghost as well as several other movies. So like you've got all these kind of like quite um like it's some of them aren't the biggest names, but there's several character actors who you'll have seen in a million and one different things. Yeah. Um and yeah, he comes in and just basically says like, oh, uh, this politician wants to do a um a speech in this bar. Is that okay? So they just that's the open to it. And straight away, I kind of get the feeling of like, first of all, she's a, a um, someone who's in charge, which is, is very much, um, a Janeway, uh, in this episode. So, you know, she comes in and she starts giving this speech. She's very charming to the, uh, to the crowd. Uh, Sam her Sam mask around, she goes, it's like, she gives this really charming answer, like basically saying, no, it's like, uh, God, the things I do for the city, cause I'm too busy with my election and, mm then she slips Sam her number later. But like later on, you get these bits where she's even though like she is a politician and she admits to kind of like wanting to play things for her own game. She always ends up doing the right thing if you notice in this episode. So when she lies about the reason why she's going out with Sam, she says like, but I fell for him. So like I stopped trying to use him as a kind of every man to win me votes and start seeing him as a person. She starts lying about, oh, I think you, for Diane's sake, should let her go. And then she admits later, she later says it's like, oh, hell, look, I'm just lying. I, I'm jealous. I've got to admit, I'm still a woman. I'm getting it. Get. And it's kind of that honesty which shines through because Janeway a few times does go down the wrong path, but always goes the right way in the end. So I think this, there's a lot of kind of signs of Janeway.
0: Janeway never, ever, ever went down the wrong path, not even with two bits.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say the two Vicks <laughs> would beg to differ as to whether Janeway goes down the right path ultimately. But yeah, I can see it. Um Kate Mulgrew does have sort of a commanding aura around her, regardless of what, what role regardless of
0: role like there's I've no, I have seen one episode of Mrs. Columbo but she's yeah. really good how she plays in this. She's great as Janeway, and she's absolutely brilliant as Red in uh, Orange is the Newcastle. Yes. She um, has a commanding presence, whatever role she's playing.
2: Yeah, and I definitely think they play on this, and it's not too far a leap to think that uh, this might have been where she got on the radar of the casting for, um, for Voyager just a few years later. I mean, there's uh, several as we say, there's several kind of crossovers between actors who went into Star mm-hmm. Trek and went into Cheers, sometimes just because they were in the same lot. So they were like, right, we can book this guy the day afterwards. He's in town anyway. You know, I think there's there's some not so coincidental ones, but I think there's other times where Paramount was very good at reusing actors. And like, I think a lot of the studios were at the time, but Paramount's well, noticeable for doing it.
0: It used to have, uh, I don't think it happens in quite the same way it does now with them, but studios used to sign actors and That actor is signed to a studio, so there were yeah. dream to go to. Oh, I'm doing sh- i I'm, I'm auditioning for this show here, and now I'm going over to this one. So I'm with Paramount now. Oh, this is doing something, and because I mean, if I remember correctly, to be fair, there's not many now. Amazon,
2: <laughs> I, th- I think if I'm correct, the Becca was also a Paramount show, which uh, ended up with Terry yeah. Farrell. Even though she'd fallen out with the Star Trek people, she was still, I believe, fairly mm-hmm. good with uh, Paramount. Yeah. And um, Ted Danson went from uh, Cheers to, to Becca. So, like, even when they were out of their contract, I think there was also a degree of them remembering. But you're right, they they were signed into yeah, uh, to, studio while they're doing the studio. signing.
0: I don't know if it still ca- was carried on at this time in the 80s and 90s, but...
2: I think it still uh, was. To I know
0: historically that they used to sign in, in, the use of signing... and think it's more...
2: Well, there used to be a conventional wisdom because you... Spent so many weeks doing a show like Cheers, like this was twenty-six episodes in the series. So it was kind of uh, understood that if you were doing Cheers, you weren't available to do something else. So yeah. like a lot of the time, they'd actually pe- mm. agents wouldn't even come up to people because there was some sort of exclusivity in the deal of like, yeah, like, while you're making this, you're making this, you're not making another TV show. And I think it was actually uh, well into I think it was two thousands when they started breaking that because it's only then you start seeing people doing multiple series yeah. and shows at the same yeah.
1: time. <laughs> I was going to say you mentioned agents. I bet agents played quite a big role. Like, if it, there was one agency saying, they go, well, he found us so-and-so for that role, so we've got a casting call going, get get them to bring all their actors, you know. I so assume, imagine there's a thing of that. So once I, Kate I, Mulgrew's I, agents got I, their foot through the door, when the Star Trek audition comes up, they're probably like, right, see who he
0: got. I was off to, uh, to say that you can imagine... <clears throat> agents seeing actors and it means something sort of to break up the uh studios monopoly on buying actors that
1: maybe yeah
0: go out and sell them to other shows and
2: yeah um it was also uh oh, forgot what i was gonna say yeah never mind
1: um talking of elliot mentioned it being dated one that i'd I don't think they'd use this joke now, is where Frazier makes a joke about Diane having had a sex change operation. That's <laughs> what <Dad laughs> no, I was gonna
2: get to because but but even uh, then he ends up looking like the idiot. Like he does they, end up looking they, like the idiot, yeah. yeah. The, the guy who's um the guy is awkward because he's like wow, they've done such a great job. Like he's almost celebratory. So for the time, actually, it's pretty good, like you know i'm not saying it's perfect by any means there's, there's no later because that was what i was going to actually say about funny enough which i forgot was about kind of uh the attitudes in this compared to a lot of the contemporaries of, of uh, cheers because yeah like they've uh there's there's a bit later where Sam goes it's like oh i give you a bunch of fives or something like that threatens to hit diane and that is not the only occasion when that happens but there's never any physical violence like the, the stuff which he does it isn't cool that he's threatening but like there were some shows where you'd see like a, a woman getting the back of the hand, which oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even well into the eighties. And it's like I do actually I am proud that Cheers is good for its time. It's it doesn't meet, meet today's standards, which you know is another. No, uh,
1: but I mean that that joke there is far less contentious than say some of the trans stuff that they touched on in awesome. Friends. And that was much later, you know. So yeah, yeah like I, they had a few years after my point wasn't that I, I find this hugely offensive, because like like you say, it's it for its time, it's reasonably well handled. It was just to point out sort of how things have changed and that you they wouldn't do that sort of joke oh, now. I agree. Um but but in and of itself and as you say, I think, especially for its time, pretty well.
0: Where well, Trent has been starting me, about 10 years after this episode aired. Yeah. <laughs> me, there exactly. is something
2: about, like, whenever they make jokes like that, it's always the Cheers gang who are making jokes who end up looking like the idiot. Like yes, the, the, yeah. the bias is always towards, like, they did a few gay storylines where, like, there's one where uh, everyone in the bar is trying to chase out these gay guys not knowing who they are out of the bar, and they pick the wrong guys, chase them out. And then the two gay guys like kiss uh Norm either side. All the cheers guys look like idiots. Norm even says at the end it's like, better than Vera. You know, it's like, and even it's like the suggestion being he's led to be more accepting through it. You know, it's like
1: Well, I um, remember I remember that that episode got a lot of plaudits at the time, didn't it? For how progressive it was at the time. Yeah.
2: And I think like I, I don't mind if they make jokes on the subject as long as I make the idiots look like idiots. You know, the people who are being yeah transphobic should look like idiots but people who are transphobic exist so kind of like taking the piss out of them i think is actually quite a good way of handling it and and people learn something you know now it's very difficult to address something like that without being completely positive i mean so i love where rtd in the uh in the starbeast the first of the specials for doctor who's 60th he mm-hmm. had a moment where it was like a really uncomfortable moment of uh someone dead naming rose in the episode um catherine uh don noble's daughter rose yeah and you know that's been talked about quite a lot in the media it's like because some people were saying oh you shouldn't have done that but it's like i applaud rtd for handling something that people actually face as opposed to shying away from it because it's a bit mm-hmm. more sanitized for audiences I, th- I think it's better to handle these things to a degree but yeah i i I think definitely we'd still have to rewrite it now. It is funny how he's um showed up the entire uh right
0: white ring right wing for being the set of snowflakes they are. How they all gain upset about the last two episodes of Doctor Who, though. Oh, god, yeah, oh, yeah, because we all actually know who the snowflakes are
1: (laughs) very Um, much so, but but yeah.
2: this also leads us into sort of like the home run, like getting back to the cheers of it all. This leads yeah. us back into the kind of like um, home run ending for kind of Sam Dan, because there's one more season of them together, if I'm remembering correctly. I, I, I Right. Think I wasn't
1: one. sure where this fit in the timeline. Yeah,
2: I'm just trying to look for my uh, cheers DVDs, which are somewhere behind me, but I can't see them right now. But yeah, there's basically after this, because it, it has got to a point whereby this another time they've broken up, they've got this other time where like uh diane nearly leaves which she's done in previous seasons at, at the end of season as well you've got the uh new love interest which they always throw in uh i kind of like the way they handle it that uh it's like sam is trying to act like something he's not but he's not doing very well he's not really serving anything because um yeah like kate Mulgrew ends up picking up on the fact there's like you just embarrass me like you you don't feel comfortable in these situations, you embarrass me. No one's winning here, like and you and you're you like I I I've fallen for you, but like you're you're so bad for me. And at the same time, I think Sam is genuinely trying to, but he realizes he's not fitting in, so he starts making a joke of it, which makes everyone feel awkward.
1: It's a, it's a different type of love interest for Sam at this point, isn't it? That
2: yeah.
1: They they choose a woman who's more career driven, more powerful in a different class in the well, the, the actual sense of social like, class than he like, is.
0: Like um, the first step, the first episode of this three-parter, he's with what at the time he just says with a blonde bimbo, some blondie's picked up that is yeah. he's dating, and like he does the jealousy bit with Diane, which. The funny, but it's happened so often in Cheers, it does, where the what trying to one up on each other with who they're and all that in front of each other, and like that, you can see the the guys are there. I'm sorry, I, my car's not better than hers. Yeah, <laughs> they don't I would... get more miles per gallon, which is it. Just like that's where I found find it dated when I tried to rewatch it that. It was just the same. A lot of the same thing happens over and over. And I'd like to keep it, not rewatching it all and keep the nostalgia if I really, how I really enjoyed it.
2: I mean, one thing they do do here, like again, I think they do just enough for as long as they do. Of, of just throwing in enough to make it different because like you know like we say the there's different kind of love interest for sam in this one they also have in this one like um norm would usually be the first one when there's attractive lady in the bar to, to be howling after her but he's like talking about his sister-in-law and he kind of like uh going around and uh walking around the house naked and all this kind of thing and it's like he's shocked by it and it's like I kind of like the fact they gave Norm something a bit different too, because again, it would usually Mm. be him and Cliff acting like idiots about like a nudie lady walking around. Whereas like he got to take a bit of the higher ground. Whereas like then you get Cliff playing. It's like, Um, you know what? What we should do? We should try and take your mind off it. We should go back to your house and we should watch some TV. (laughs) Mm. It's kind of just nice to do a little wrinkle on that uh, a little. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: there's some great lines and some funny bits. I like this sort of recurring motif that you've got Diane hidden under something, eavesdropping. <laughs> and they sort of play that twice. Like you get where she's behind the bar and hears, um uh talking about marriage, is it? And then in the next episode, she's under the, the table in the office.
2: And I just love the the bit they give Woody for this because she, of course, misunderstands and goes like, OK, I'll keep it quiet this time. But you've got to get, like, some help about this. You can't keep on, like, hiding under desks when yeah. Sam's about. And she goes, right, OK, just let me know when Sam goes to the loo. And he goes, "Mr. Diane, Miss Chambers, you need help. It's <laughs> so, so nicely covered. And Woody Harrelson is just endlessly uh, uh, charming and great as well. The, the-
0: the part I love with Woody in this week is when he's uh, with Carla and he's uh, complaining that he's being arm wrestling and she goes, got no. to do Italian arm wrestling yes. and makes him hit himself in the face. So he's pulled back and he he's, hits himself and immediately starts cheering. Yes, I won. I'm not even <laughs> <I> beat, Italian. <laughs> yeah, I beat Carla.
1: Oh, no. Was... You just on, don't
2: sorry. get it. No, go on, Jim.
1: I just always found it really interesting that when you look at the ensemble, Woody Harrelson's the one who's gone on probably to have the most prolific career in in movies in Hollywood. Yeah. And it, you wouldn't have picked him as the one necessarily. You'd have said Ted Danson or maybe Kelsey Grammer. Um, I mean, I'm not like... Yeah, Ted
0: Danson, um, he, he did a couple of movies and I just think... It well, just didn't so like break out with, with movies like he did. One man was it Three Men and a Baby? It did, yeah. that and it was massive.
2: Made in America, he did, which didn't do as well, but it, it did it right at the time. Yeah. I remember there was one getting even with dad, which did great. He had a few hits here and there, just it never solidified into a movie career. Whereas TV, he just kept on coming back, like in Becca, Bored to Death, yeah. uh, yeah. Good place, I almost a better place. Of your place. enthusiasm,
1: he's yeah. in quite yeah, often. Yeah,
0: he's had a he's had a massive, massive, massive TV career.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think recently, I don't know who it was that did the poll, but it was voted the greatest sitcom actor ever, and I think that's probably hard to argue with. To be, yeah. to yeah. be
2: honest, yeah. There's other you could put up there with him, but no one you could put above him. so I, I would say. The, it's like there's people
0: you can say being in great, like you can put look at your David Jason's and your Nicholas Lindhurst and all that, but Ted Danson has just been in massive sitcom yeah. after mass, he's driven sitcom after sitcom worldwide success. Not, yeah, like we all know how big Only Pills and Horses was, but to be fair. David Jason, his other stuff hasn't been as big as that. It, or, or they haven't been sitcoms.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, well, that. I've no hours You've got to give him them... That was awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, but... well oh, sorry, like... sorry, I was stuck thinking later on. The first one was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. 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 Um, no.
2: And yeah, it's uh, another one which I just want to shout out while I remember as I well. Was so it... upset
0: with that revised up. I was. <laughs> We watched it, our parents, uh, you know, the Christmas special, the first one when it was going back. And yeah. we were so, we were so up for it, weren't we? I remember yeah. we were so up for it and it was dreadful. It was
1: awful. Painful. Anyway, <laughs> squeeze, sorry.
2: No, no, it's all right. I just want to give a shout out to, uh, you've also got as the political rival for... Um... For uh, Kate Mulgrew. And I do love the fact that you've got like uh, Dan jumps on the uh, bandwagon for the other politicians. Yes, yeah, straight away. And of course Frasier, who's been cursing her name because she left her at the altar, she left him at the altar. It's like he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, he's he's a great fellow. No, I'd love to follow his campaign. Who is he again? You know, it's like he's, he's just doing it to be around Dan. Uh and uh, the guy who plays uh, her political um rival uh is of course uh, the dad from Alf. Oh, oh right! Man. Didn't yeah, realise that. It, it's all these little guest appearances you have in this, which like uh, were at least huge names of the time, and sometimes ones which went on to, yeah. uh, to like other stuff. There's uh, also a guy at the bar. I just want to shout out, just because I love it. Um, this guy at the bar called Al and there was two no sorry paul who's at the bar in this episode who after a character they had called al which was always the kind of background character they go to is kind of a semi-regular He just pop up in episodes but he was kind of like one of the extra regulars in cheers after he died paul came in and was in right to the end um al, right. and the other little uh side fact we mentioned um uh woody Harrison there when ted danson uh, they announced it was going to be the last series and they were spinning off to Frasier for Frasier they did ask Woody Harrelson to step in and take over. They took him out for dinner to offer him cheers. And when like they sat down to the dinner, he goes like, look, I don't want to say something from the beginning. If you're not to try and offer me this, <laughs> you may as well, like I'll quite happily stay for a free dinner, but there's no way that you can do cheers without Ted Dance. <laughs> and he goes yeah. like, yeah, we we'll stayed for dinner, but it was the most awkward dinner you've ever been at. <laughs> because they tried yeah. to them before they could even offer it to me, and they're like, oh yeah. Yeah, we're working off that to you. Um, what are you having to eat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's that like at the time, Woody Harrelson's career, I don't think, had taken off in all. No, I mean, Holland's well, theory. he was oh, huge in cheers
2: and he hadn't done anything. No, it, ever. yeah, he wanted so, to go off but, and do the movies anyway. Yeah,
0: but yeah, he maybe did, but he's obviously on a huge paycheck with cheers. Yeah. And to go, I have not this is my first massive acting job. I want to do other things, but I haven't got another thing. But I'm going to turn down this huge paycheck.
2: <laughs> he did have some movie offers on the table already. just to, a, yeah. A, yeah. And I think, I, I mean, Trump, you're, certainly you know right. you're certainly right. I think it might have been White Men Can't Jump was around this time when Cheers right. uh, finished. And also, if
1: you stay on for another season and it bombs, which it would have what was it's, it's what you get remembered you, for. You the don't want to be killed. The guy. Yeah, the guy who killed Cheers, and he the movie roles would have dried up like that. So yeah, he probably I in say, hindsight made the right then. decision.
2: Yeah, and, I think it's equally really brave, and also kind of like, yeah, you kind of can see that you don't want to do the last series of Scrubs where they recast it, and no, really and matter.
1: they almost certainly would not have offered him Ted Danson money to fill the Ted Danson role because. The, uh, the the reports vary, but the money that Ted Danson was on for cheers towards the end, and even more so, the percentage he got from the residuals. We've talked yeah. about how he's been constantly in work since, but he really doesn't need to he have been with we- uh...
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean I think there was I like again, I just I just had in this one interview on a show called Real Time in America, um, which I caught and I believe he did say he was offered a pay bump, probably not up to dancing levels, but at the time that would been a nice extra paycheck for him. But yeah, oh, like, like you say it's like it's a paycheck for one season, most likely, unless you're yeah. extremely lucky and you catch and lightning it, ball.
0: And it and it might kill your career when you if it bombs.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Shall we well, wrap up uh, then? Well, I was off to say uh, oh, I, them, got more.
0: I, I was just off to say that you can tell the money that was involved for people like Ted Danson, how, how they had to sell it to other networks because it's still on repeat on Channel 4 because of the money you had to pay. Oh, for yeah. It, which is very similar to what happened with Friends, the money Channel 4 paid for Friends. It's still on constant repeat Yeah, somewhere on Channel 4 because they, to, they are recouping their money they put into it.
1: Cheers is one of them shows that probably just about, any country in the world, if you switch on a telly and flick through the channels long enough, whatever time of day it is, the chances of you finding an episode of Cheers are probably pretty good.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: You know, that's there's only a few shows that are like that and mainly sitcoms,
2: but... I mean, there's an episode, it's probably not a coincidence that there's an episode of Friends where Joey's in uh, London and switch on TV and Cheers, like the Cheers logo comes on. They make yeah, all things yeah. but, I think that was basically them saying it's like, yeah, you're the one who did this the first time around. And probably like Cheers could do that for MASH. And like, you know, there is like, yeah, a lineage, yeah. but certainly Cheers. You know, you do for but <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm saying on a sitcom level, we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And it's like Cheers is part of that lineage. Cheers was what Friends became later. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. it, it only totally yeah.
0: happens every so one. often when Generation. you get, it's, it seems like it's every 10, 15 years you get a yeah. sitcom. That, well, most of them last about well, that 15 years you know there might be yeah, a little uh, bit, well i think the reason uh, the last the reason the last 10 to 15 years is because so many people enjoyed them when they are
2: yeah and there's even i think a little crossover either it was uh, there's a little crossover it was as soon as cheers finished uh friends started very soon afterwards i think it might be the latter but uh just to also wrap up this episode course there's the the end of the episode after um, uh, Kate Mulgrew's left Uh, you've got Sam there on his own and he picks up the phone and goes like okay I've been thinking a lot about you will you marry me and we don't know if he's speaking to Kate Mulgrew or he's speaking to Diane Diane. Uh, so even though we've said and we know that there's only three episodes where Kate Mulgrew's in (laughs) uh, stay tuned to season six of Cheers to find out or season five to find out who Sam marries uh, you see it's oh, it's to also to that three parts are a strange new bed strange bed follows so if you want to check out what we've been talking about uh it's the end yep. of season four of, of cheers i would highly recommend
1: but all there out on paramount and, if you do want to watch cheers yeah just come um, on
2: channel four annoyingly
1: yeah exactly um, so we'll be back next week with just Star Trek. Um, we'll do more Dominion War. I can't remember which episodes exactly, uh, but I it'll can't be remember there. where we are, because we've gone a bit back and forwards, I've lost track. It's towards the end of season uh, six. So uh, are we June. going to
0: have a break between Christmas and New Year?
1: More than likely, but we'll sort it out. Yeah. Um, yeah we yeah, talk a little after we finish have Yeah. We? If you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, we're at RetrekPod on Twitter X. We're retrackpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials, including uh retrack model studios at YouTube, where Elliot is working on the Impala.
0: I am, and I'm gonna really struggle, I think, to get a, another video out this year on the Impala because of Christmas run up and my personal things that are going on. There will be a build between Christmas and New Year.
1: Oh, yes,
0: but. That'll be. A, that's uh, going to be the um, Hobby League International Kenny Cat Hang Group build. So I'll have like a week to do build start to finish. Um, uh, there'll be an unboxing of my Secret Santa on Christmas
1: Day. Fantastic. And um, we'll
0: probably start a group build on New Year's Day as well.
1: So there'll be a video out for that. <laughs> Awesome. And Dr. Squee, what have we got going on on the Dr. Squee, sh- Dr. Squee show?
2: Oh, if my mouse wants to work. Um, yeah, we are continuing to go through the specials for Dr. Who. So uh, I do need to mention message Paul G who's going to be joining me this week. He was my uh, news guy from uh, Gallifrey Stands back in the day. He's going to be joining me to talk about the last of the 60th anniversary special for Dog 2. That's the Giggle. Uh, as long as um, Paul is available, it's going to be right after the episode. I think I might give us five minutes, Ooh. and then we're going to go straight into it. If not, it'll be Sunday morning. But please stay tuned, and I'll put up all the details. But I uh, thought it'd be fun to do it straight after the episode, if we can.
1: Fantastic. And thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on The Retrack. Thank you. Goodbye.
2: L A P Drag off and cheers.